And we're back with That's a Tough One, the podcast, the movie? No. It's not a movie. No. But we are a podcast. We are a podcast. And I'm one of the hosts. I'm JD. I'm Morgan. Hey, Morgan. How you doing? I am doing good because I'm excited that we are finally able to get to our review of season one of the TV show from um, on Epics. Yes. So we watched this show earlier this year and had a blast with it. Hmm. And we spent so much time talking about it, like in between episodes and getting our friends and family to watch it that we figured we would just do like a review of the whole season now that it's concluded. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, like mystery type show, mystery sci-fi, um, I was I was digging it. I was rolling with it. it was ten ten mm-hmm. episodes. It's nothing crazy. No 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 twenty two episode season. Yeah, um, appropriate length for a first season, and I think for a show that uh, is like mystery based. So for those of y'all who like Lost, this would probably be right up your alley. It's like a Lost style mystery. Um, so we are going to talk about the whole season one and. Because I think season wrapped up about three weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. We are going to be spoiling. Yes, it's all spoilers. It's a big spoiler talk. And the good thing about it, even, hey, you, you're you back here. You just watched the whole 10 episodes. You want to hear us talk about it. Um, the season was renewed for a season two. We so we think we read that it was no. It just says uh, oh really yeah oh great. Literally, an article came out today. Awesome. <laughs> it's a from sci-fi horror series renewed uh, for season two by Epics. This is according to Deadline. Yay! Um, so happy. So it it ends on a cliffhanger, but don't yeah. worry. We're gonna get at least at least some of some of the answers to some of the questions we have. Yeah, and I would say so. We watched it. We watched the first three episodes back to back. Maybe first four. And then we liked it so much, we subscribed to Epics through Amazon Prime. So we were able to finish the rest in the last half of the season or so. We were we caught like week to week. So I do think it's a great show to spread out and watch over the course of a few days. So it kind of has time to marinate and mm. you can talk about it if you're watching it with some other folks. But I also think it's a really, really good show to binge to, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just want to say, it's, it's like, it's just shout out to Epics for taking a chance on a show like this. And yeah. giving it to the masses because a lot of a lot of people wouldn't. It, this is a un, what I think is an unknown property. I'm not sure if it was like a graphic novel or anything, um, but a lot of people wouldn't try to put something like this on TV. Yeah, all I know is that in terms of production, uh, the the two individuals who direct the Captain America movies from Marvel, the Russo brothers, they have some hand in the production. So I do think that probably just their talent and star power has a lot to do with why the show has uh, become so successful. I think it also has a lot to do with Harold Perrineau being um, the probably the most recognizable face in the cast. And so it has a, you know, a recognizable face and it has the Russo brothers behind the camera. And I think we were able to get a really strong first season. I'm hoping that it doesn't go the way of Lost and kind of get, because, oh, Harold Perrineau was also in Lost for a oh, short amount of time. Yeah. But I'm hoping it doesn't get like Lost and become kind of like bloated and drawn out. And then it has a really blah ending. And I do think this show is like, well... I guess we'll get to that at the end when we talk about predictions and things yeah. for the next season. Yeah, and I think the only thing I have to add is, like you said, I hope it doesn't... It's a show that 
if they did three, no more than four seasons, you can tell a whole story and wrap it up. No matter if the ending is is what you expected or completely threw through a curveball at you, yeah. you can you can you can the story will be complete. And instead, when you go try to go eight seasons, it's like oh, there's not enough material for that. So hopefully, they can wrap it up in some type yeah, of bow. Definitely, definitely. Well, so to set the scene, we want to talk about kind of how you are introduced to the world. Spooky world. <laughs> and so we have a family who's on an RV trip. And do you remember the last name of the family? They are the Matthews. The Matthews family. So um, like a typical, like a sci-fi horror movie type plot. It's a family, angry teenage daughter, young son, um, mom and dad. You can tell that there's just like a lot of tension in the family. Um, things that are, you know, unspoken in the scene, but are kind of being alluded to. And they are on a road trip and they kind of start to get lost and come up to this tree and they see some ravens and they're kind of like, okay, how do we, you know, we're trying to get back on the main road. And so they come up to this town where they drive past the funeral. And I feel like kind of rudely just like walk up during the funeral as it's breaking up and ask for directions. And it's like, mm, I get y'all are lost, but it is a funeral happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the first episode happens, we see that they are stuck kind of leaving town, driving through, coming back into town somehow, no matter which way they turn left, right, they go back or whatever. So they are leaving town. And then at the same time, the day is going on and, on and on and on. And so uh, we see our sheriff, played by Harold Perrineau, just kind of watching. Mm-hmm. And his deputy, Kenny, just kind of watching. Um, and eventually they see another car on the road and they have an accident. And so the townsfolk help everybody out. And then we start to see a sense of like urgency and worry on the townspeople's faces as they are telling the Matthews family and the survivors of the other car accident, like we have to get back to town and we have to get indoors before sunset. And so not only basically the first episode sets up that not only are we worried because there's a loop type of situation happening where people are stuck in this town and they can't leave, but also at night there's something happening that is putting people in danger mm-hmm. and you you i mean you see it in the first the first scene where yeah you just see uh harold perrin who's character boy mm-hmm. stevens just walking through the town getting everybody uh uh wrangled back mm-hmm. into their houses and they, when, when they show that little girl at the window yeah you just see that old lady you're like well what, what the hell is she doing like he's like she's like you're not my grandma right and she opens that window and you see her whole cgi face turn into a monster mm-hmm. And the next day, when you see what happened to the family, you like you understand why everybody's trying to get the Matthews family into the house. Like, hey, yeah. we gotta go. And I really <laughs> appreciate how they set up the first episode in terms of we see the town first. We see kind of immediately what the threat is in the town. That there are these creatures, monsters, ghosts, we don't know yet. But they look like people. Um, most people, I think from what I've seen in the episodes, they look like they're kind of dressed in different periods. So some people look like they're kind of like in the forties and the fifties. Some people look like they're dressed a little bit further back in time, Mm -hmm. but they are hunting the people of this town. 
and only kept at bay by these talismans. And so I really appreciate about this show that they don't waste any time showing you what the threat is. We get the family there and we're off. And I mean, I feel like it moves at a breakneck pace for the entire first season. Like everything it sets up, we we see it play out next episode or two episodes out. They're not really drawing out what's happening. Mm. And I really appreciate that because I think it cuts down on this. This could be a show with a lot of filler, but it's not. Yeah, every episode seems to every plot point leads to the next one where it's constantly building on itself. We're understanding the world. We're not mm-hmm. wasting too much time on a character's side quest. And if we do have a side quest, it quickly loop, loops back yeah. onto the main yeah. goal of getting out of the town. Exactly. So in our town, we have, uh, it's kind of broken up into two factions. And I really also liked how they set up this dynamic of, uh, even though we have people getting stuck here, there are still lots of other decisions and things that you have to make. So you have the main town where folks seem like most people have kind of like a job or something that they do uh, to help out in society. So like there's a person who makes moonshine and he's a bartender. There's a person who's an EMT who basically serves as a town's doctor. Harold Perrin was character because he served in the military. He ends up being the reluctant sheriff. Blah, blah, blah. So it's like people who are in the town are kind of living a more traditional lifestyle. Even though there's no money, it doesn't seem like everything is kind of like on a community uh, barter system. Like they they collect all their goods and food and things together. And then you have Colony House, which is further out of town, which is literally what it sounds like, a big gigantic house and kind of like modeled after like a hippie, Hippie. free love. Yeah, Yeah. hedonistic (laughs) type of thing. Just everybody... Working together kind of in a sense. Yeah. And I really like the the idea of in a situation like this, this out of your control, you have no control of how you get to town that we know of so far. And you have no control in terms of leaving town, but you see people making choices where they have them. So it's like, well, do I want to live in a town? And do I want to kind of pretend to have a normal life and have a job and have like a sense of purpose there? Or do I want to just say, forget it. I'm in this really messed up situation. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm not working no job. I'm going to grow my weed. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, wear, wear each other's clothes. We have communal living and everything mm. in Colony House. And I really love the idea of setting up this. People are going to do different things in response to a really stressful, scary situation. And there will absolutely be some people who's like, well, I don't know. I could die tomorrow. Why would I want to have a job? I could just be out here living naked growing mushrooms you know swimming in a swimming hole so it makes total sense to me yeah it's like do i want to continue living in kind of how i was living in society or do i just want to go on to this whole new thing living in like yeah. hedonistic paradise mm-hmm. it just really depends on like the situation like hey how do i feel about it what do i want yeah. to do yeah and it did also as i'm thinking about it while we're talking it did seem like a lot of folks who came alone ended up at colony house and i can totally understand that yeah it's like what i'm gonna shack up in somebody's house that has a whole family you got a family and kids with you it's like yeah i can i can stay <laughs> in your house but like am i really wanted there Right. Well, yeah, and you might be one of there, but I can kind of definitely understand. It's like we're kind of like the cool kids are. So you have like a lot of the younger people, the single people, they mm-hmm. kind of gravitate more towards Colony House. So um, I like how they set up this kind of conflict between the people who, uh, the woman who runs Colony House. Do you have her name for us? Yes, played by Elizabeth Saunders, Donna. In Donna. This show. So Donna is kind of 
over the colony house and she has some people who are like her go-to folks there mm. and then sheriff boyd is definitely running town and he has his his go-to people and folks just kind of fall in as they as they want to we see the matthews family get split which i wasn't really a surprise to me it was like another big theme in the show is just parents beefing with their kids who are very angry at them for different reasons. Now we're gonna talk about the angry teenager trope now. Yeah, let's I say let's get into our let's get into our players. Now that we have a, our town established, I would love to talk about our characters and who you like, who you don't like, surprise um, deaths, anything. I, I guess just um just sticking with the Matthews family because it, it's through their eyes that we're seeing the town in because they're the mm-hmm. new kids there. Mm-hmm. So when they learn something, we learn something pretty much. Yeah. Um, and basically it's set up, has the father, Jim, and mother, Tabitha. We got the kid, Ethan, and our girl, Julie, mm-hmm. who's the angry teenage daughter. Yeah. And I feel, in the more shows I'm, and movies we're watching, I feel like they're making these teenagers angrier and angrier. Yeah, it's given... definitely a, kind of like a little bit of a tired trope. Yes, because... Mm-hmm. Just just her, like, I'm not going to stay with my family in this new place that I've never met before. Because they have a ceremony where mm-hmm. after your first couple, day or two, you pick, do I stay in the town or do I stay in the colony house? Her whole family stays in the town and she decides, I'm going to go to the colony house because right. my parents aren't treating me right. And they talked about getting a divorce after this. It's like, there are evil monsters chasing us. Like, let's stay together. Yeah, I think I definitely wasn't surprised when she made the choice to go to Colony House. I was like, okay, I can see this coming a mile away. But I also kind of, in her defense, and I, I'm not a big Julie fan, <laughs> but in her defense, I understand why. Because she is a teenager, and that's where the cool people are. And it's like, do you want to live with your mom and dad and continue to have them suffocate you and micromanage you? Or do you want to go where you can feel like you're an adult? I totally understand why initially she would have made that decision. Yeah. And I but I think it makes the finality of once you pick Colony House or Town, you can't change it. I feel like that's a big uh mistake that they've mm-hmm. made for the community because it I mean, we do find out that people do have relationships with each other, but I think they should be able to have a little bit more freedom in terms of doing whatever works best for them yes because i mean you you get there crazy situation happening getting chased by monsters at night um the person i was when i first got there and i made that decision may not be the person i am after seven months of being there because let me tell you i've been tired of people wearing my clothes i probably would have i'm like (laughs) can i go to the town i changed my mind i don't want (laughs) to share my sweaters no more um but yeah i think the Matthews family initially, I definitely appreciated how we they were like our vehicle into the story. But I think once they got to town, it kind of drugged for me their storyline. So I think for um, we see them all kind of go through this frustration of realizing that they're stuck there, mm-hmm. and I feel like that frustration was taken out on people who were also stuck there and didn't really have a choice. And so it was kind of frustrating to watch them like. This is crazy. We can't do this. We can't stay here. It's like, well, you don't you don't really have a choice. And I would imagine that's probably how a lot of people react to a situation like that. But I think I appreciate that we have a big cast and we kind of started spending a little bit less time with the with the Matthews family and a little bit more time with the other people of the town as the season went on. And I thought that was a really good writing choice. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I can definitely see it from the Matthews standpoint. Though. Why aren't you guys trying something to get out? And when you have somebody that's been there for eight years it's like well yeah I, I tried that in year four i tried that in year six i tried that one in year two um uh, i'm tired i'm tired i'm, I'm complacent 
Yeah, and I and I don't even necessarily know if it was that. I think a big part of it was prior to a very short amount of time before the Matthews got here, they were not safe. So we saw um, as we get further into the season, we get more and more flashbacks about kind of how things came to be in the town. We saw that people were literally, it was just the luck of the draw if you got to town in the morning. So there was no system like we see in the first episode of anticipating that people are coming uh, making sure that they're you know in town before sundown like putting stopping their cars and popping their tires if they need to we see that we hear that prior to that folks were just kind of coming and being slaughtered at night yeah we see that then they had a system where people were hiding and makeshift makeshift shelters and it was just a matter of would the monsters find your shelter that night and so I think the discovery of the talismans and people being able to kind of have like get back to having a little bit more of a normal life, they probably were just kind of catching their breath from that and like, okay, we just started being able to sleep through the night. <laughs> this is what we've been doing. This is why we haven't been building anything because we had to hide at night. Yeah, when you you don't, you don't have time to farm when you're worried about making a new hiding place to not not die essentially. Yeah, like to be having to keep moving and keep hiding in, in new and unique spaces. And people were actively being like, lots of people were coming to town at sundown and being eaten and, and things like that. So I definitely think the context and the, the the flashbacks here. I feel like none of them were filler. I feel like they were all really good and really helpful. And they were timed really well through the season to me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they they were great. I think we learned what we needed to in the in, in the flashbacks mm-hmm. at the time it was given. Mm-hmm. Like when we when we saw Victor's flashback, when we saw um just uh Sheriff Boyd's flashback, when they happened is when we needed that, that when we needed that information. Yeah, yeah. So uh, other than the Matthews family, who were some other folks in town that whose characters really stuck out to you um real quick about the Matthews oh, sure, family sorry, sorry. i just i just want to say that that little boy was creepy and i know they were playing him up to, to do that throughout the season but he played up to that creepiness who um ethan the matthews little you thought son he was creepy yeah, i thought he was weird man i'm like that's gotta, so interesting i gotta watch that little boy oh i didn't he didn't come across as creepy to me that's interesting that you felt that way i had to watch that little boy i did not trust him <laughs> but who else was interesting? I know we can talk about Sheriff. Sheriff Boyd. Yeah, Sheriff yes, Boyd and yes. his story. Um, he's in charge of the town, like you said. He also has a son, uh, probably probably in his early twenties, mm-hmm. uh, who decided to actually live in the colony house. So they're not in contact yeah. with each other. And when you first meet him, you know there was some type of rift yeah. that happened between him and the son. And all we know is the that the mother is dead. Right. But the, I mean, then we learn what really happened that the. While while Sheriff Boyd had went out, he got stuck overnight. He found the talismans, but yeah, when he came, but, yeah, mm-hmm. he came back. His wife was literally unloading her gun into the town townsfolk. Yeah, she was she was shooting her down, <laughs> and she she had a like it seemed like a psychotic break. She's like, "Hey man, we're just dreaming. Um, you should be dead. So none of this is real." Or was it a psychotic break? We don't really because we do see throughout the season that there are people who the town everybody is affected differently by the town and some folks are whatever they're hearing or whoever is speaking to them in the town are encouraging them to, to do violent things and to mm-hmm. kill people and so we don't really know why yet I yeah. mean it's something that hopefully we'll get more of in season 2 but um, watching after we've gotten to know Sheriff Boyd and after we've gotten to know his son 
watching more context as to why their relationship ended was really, really, it was sad to see, but it was also really, really interesting. I was, did not for a second think that was what happened to the mom. No, Not in a million no. years. <laughs> like we said, uh, our, our boy Boyd had to—he he had to kill his wife. His wife mm-hmm. um, pointed pointed a fire on, pointed her weapon at her son. Yeah, at Ellis. Yeah, mm-hmm. at Ellis. Pointed pointed the gun at Ellis. So she, he had to make a decision: do we, do I shoot my wife so she doesn't kill my son, yeah. or just hope that after she's killed all these people, that she decides not to kill kill their son? Yeah, that was a hard, a, a tough choice to make, and I definitely think that that was so much more interesting than. What I thought it was going to be, which is just like the wife got eaten and he wasn't there and he, he was blaming the dad for neglecting the family or whatever, which I mean, to a certain extent, he's still blaming the dad for neglecting the family. But I think that's, that makes it so much more complicated that had he not gone on that mission, they would not have found the talismans because he really just kind of stumbled into that tree yeah, and found the talismans. So if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't have found them and then he saved a lot of people, but he also in his process of like saving the town, saving his family, getting everybody out or trying to get everybody out. He neglected his wife and then she committed that, um, you know, committed that shooting. But I I don't think even if he had been there, I don't think she would have, um, been saved. See, that's the hard part though. The son had Ellis. He had realized something was wrong with his mom. Mm -hmm. So is there a chance that his presence could have helped calm her down? I think no, but I think, the break she had in her head was when he went off and it, he she assumed he was dead. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was the last straw for her. Like yeah, my husband's true. my husband's dead. The voice is probably telling her this is a dream. Yeah. Kill the people. Yeah, so um but I, I mean I like his character. Then we learned that he had uh his father had Parkinson's. Well, I don't know if it was confirmed as Parkinson's, but he had he the shakes. Parkinson's he said Parkinson's. Point, yeah. Okay, his dad had Parkinson's. Then he, he, his hands started getting the shakes. Yeah, it's like there are so many layers happening on the show. So, you know, we have not only just the the conflict of I'm stuck in this place. And there's a mystery of why we're stuck here. You know, everybody came from different parts of the country. They were on different roads, but they, they all see the tree and then end up in the town. We have the mystery of the talismans. What do they do? How do they protect them? We have the mystery of the monster creatures in the forest. We have, you know, um, this the issue with people kind of having these psychotic breaks and being becoming violent. We have um, all these things like the electricity. Where's the electricity coming from? Yeah, no, there's no <laughs> music. And like, we have so many mysteries happening. And then you put a time limit on Sheriff Boyd because he says, basically names that he probably from the time of Tremors has two years. Mm-hmm. And so you know that things have to keep moving quickly. Yes. Yeah, some resolution has to happen yeah. to save the townsfolk. Because it's like, well, I'm probably not going to... If I wait here, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to help, help anybody. anybody. Right. So he- and he has so much on... I, I feel like just for a character that already has a lot on his shoulders, to put that extra stressor mm-hmm. on him, I'm like, oh, just good writing and really interesting writing and just adds to this like tension. It just keeps building and building and building and building with the show. Um, so yeah, I think even though they introduced the talismans and we feel, we feel really safe with the talismans. Like once, once we learn the rules of as long as they're hanging, the windows are covered. You don't pay attention to the, uh, the voices and the monsters cause they're trying to trick you. They're manipulative. You'll be okay. But as soon as you get comfortable thinking that, 
They pull the rug out from under you. And they say, oh, but actually, now you have to make sure that somebody in the space with you is not crazy and is going to open the door for the monsters or kill you. Yes, yes. And I don't, I don't know if we're... I, I don't want to go too far into the monsters. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to talk about it later. Um, but just just the fact that when um, Boyd and his family first got there, when we were getting that flashback, the monsters seemed almost animalistic. Yeah. Okay, yes. We'll, yes. We'll, we'll come, come back. We'll okay, come back we'll, to we'll come back to that. But we'll man, when I say... I just think the writing here is so good and how this, they have evolved the story so much in the history of this town, even in the first season... I was really impressed by that. Even just to think of writing a difference between they've changed since we found the talismans. Yeah. And that means they're getting smarter or hunting differently. Yeah. Yeah, In a certain way. So, um, okay. And just, uh, (laughs) I guess we'll talk real quick about Kenny because Kenny is like his deputy. I like Kenny and his family. Kenny's great. Kenny has his mom. Unfortunately, his dad did succumb to the monsters. When old girl went crazy. Yeah, he was murdered by the monsters. And that was mm. heartbreaking. That, that was a hard death. And that's another thing I will say about this show is, um, you know, I always like to talk about Walking Dead. That's my show. But I, I think at one point, Walking Dead was in a similar place where they would kill anybody, just about anybody. It didn't matter if you were a child. It didn't matter which, right? You know, people who are typically safe on TV shows were not safe on the show. And then people complained and then they started pulling back on like the blood and gore but you see children eating on the show Mm -hmm. you see elderly people eating on the show you see people die who you think are main characters who will be you know oh this person is safe and then they did oh that goes to um i mean well before we leave kenny's character yeah but i really like how they're setting him up and i think um to be in a place of of growth so we see him have a lot of loss in the beginning of the first season. And then to find out that he's about to lose another father figure in Boyd, uh, Sheriff Boyd, I think that was really hard for him. And we see Kenny just really being like a go, the go-to person, but also like trying to find his place in that town. Yeah. You know, like mourning the loss of his father, taking care of his mom. We see him get the Matthews family to safety. We see him trying to help... Um, our our friend I, I can't remember the, his name but he's like the Steve Jobs character Jade Jade trying to like get him acclimated so we see him taking on so much but then also be kind of like have this simmering anger all season mm-hmm. that I'm really interested to see what they do with his character next season yes because as his his art real quick ended on a little cliffhanger he yeah. was just making some headway with the with the EMT lady um, not really. It was like he was making headway, and then she put a big old stop to that. She put the stop, but I feel like there was still a, hey, we can, maybe we can work it out, be friends or something, and then we see that bus. We can talk about the bus later. Oh, yeah, let's talk, okay, let's talk about, talk about the, about the bus, bus later. Because yeah. the old girl said, EMT lady said, I'm from, I'm from Michigan, mm-hmm. I think Detroit, somewhere in Michigan, and the bus come up, but. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that in our yeah. predictions, maybe. Yeah. Predictions at the end. You got another character. Um, so just to quickly run through Colony House, Donna is the leader of Colony House. I liked her character. I really enjoyed her monologue where she told her story about how she came into town. She was not one of the lucky ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just the fact that everybody has come at a different time and they have a different experience and a different monologue. That's probably one of my favorite things about the season was just hearing how everyone got there. Yes. And hearing her talk about 
you know, she came at the worst time at dark before the talismans. And we learned this information about how she lost her sister further into the season. And it informed so much of her character. And you think back like, oh, her behavior makes so much more sense now Mm. of why she is the way she is and why she runs Colony House the way that she does. And she doesn't want to have another loss. And so then when we see her kind of crack after the devastating loss that happened to Colony House, Mm -hmm. so the, you know, the house is overrun um, because someone is tricked by one of the monsters and then she had to lose someone to suicide. It's just really interesting to watch her character kind of like uh, be broken down this yeah. season. Yeah, because I mean, she put so much effort into making this place safe for all these people safe here. Safe and fun, too. Yeah, I, I want you guys yeah. to enjoy yourselves in a safe environment where we protect everybody mm-hmm. and we know how to have a good time. Like they, They're throwing parties for different people for the, the days they came there and everybody's enjoying themselves and for that to happen to that, to that space, mm-hmm. um, somebody getting tricked, opening the window... And losing people that way, and then somebody that you were just talking to committing suicide after that, yeah, um, yeah. after that incident. That she just carries so much guilt for those losses, and we see her and Boyd as the two leaders of their individual groups. We see how the losses impact them, so they take them so personally, mm-hmm. and you can see that they're good leaders and they really care about their people. But the burden that it. it is to be in charge of folks' lives mm-hmm. against this like ever evolving threat. So I really enjoyed her character. I enjoyed all the players of Colony House. Um, the other one that I think we haven't talked about, who's probably the biggest one of the biggest characters on the show, is Fatima. Mm-hmm. Um, she's Ellis's girlfriend, and we see her kind of befriend Julie. Uh, kind of as we see the end of the episode, uh, end of the season, Julie is like a little bit of a crush on her. Can I say one thing about the one thing that's weird to me? And it's yeah. not weird in terms of the calling me house, but I know Julie was staying in the room with Ellis and Fatima. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Julie, her bed, and she put a little sheet up, like those mm-hmm. people were fucking over there. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other side, that little sheet. <laughs> like she's yeah. hearing this. Because like... I was like, okay, I'm thinking just the way typical TV shows go. She's going to have a, a little crushy poo on Ellis or something like that. And I think they were kind of like tricking us a little bit by by having us understand kind of like, like you said, the voyeuristic aspect of Julie's interaction with them as a couple. And then when she she hits on Fatima, I was like, oh. And she asked, somebody asked her and earlier in the season, did she have a boyfriend? She was like, no, 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 nothing like that. Yeah. So I think that's like another layer of depth that's happening with that character that I'll be excited to see her um, further explore. And then maybe one of the most important people at Colony House is the first, well, the, the, the town's longest resident. Yes, Mr. Victor himself. Yeah. Mr. And Victor. I would definitely say I feel like everybody needs to get some like mental health and social skills training because although Victor definitely does appear to be on the spectrum and as we see like highly traumatized as a kid from watching everybody that he came to town with be eaten and he was saved by the little ghost boy all in white but Victor's not dangerous and so it's it was frustrating for me to watch them treat Victor like he was Freddy Krueger like he was a child molester or he was abuser or something like that and he was just trying to get his little peaches or he was just trying to make a friend. Like 
he just he's just different, but he's not dangerous. You yeah, know? I I hated that them trying to other otherwise him all the stuff. Like, okay, some of you guys have been here for probably ten years, and you know this man hasn't done never yeah, done anything. Fine. He is fine. Like he's he's just trying to survive. Like all of you, um, I I just didn't like 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 you said I didn't like how they tr- were trying to do that to that character. Like he was like you said deeply traumatized. Like he's been here since he was a child. Maybe he was about seven, all eight he years knows. old. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't know anything outside of this. All he knows is people come here and they get slaughtered, and he had to hear it every night from the age of seven. That's going to mm-hmm. stunt your growth. And I'm like, that was that was probably my biggest thing that annoyed me with the show. Is like we we don't want to sit down and ask Victor, hey Victor, how how have you survived here since you were younger than ten? You've been here probably from the looks of it about thirty years at least. 30, 40 years. Maybe we should sit down and ask Victor, like, can you draw us a map? Can you, what can you tell us? Like, maybe we should write down everything he knows because we do see him. Um, once they get to the conclusion of that, I felt like so boring, hole digging at the Matthews house. But it finally gave way to something interesting, which was Victor was aware of the, like, the tunnels or the places where the monsters sleep. Um, Victor, sir, this is like good information that we could have <laughs> known. Like, somebody needs to sit well, down and ask Victor some questions. I don't think he knew that at first. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the information he learned. Because he put, when the colony house got raided, uh, he got Julie. They escaped. He put her in the, uh, what they call a faraway tree, which is right. a tree with a big hole in it. You put something in it, it could end up anywhere on that complex. Mm-hmm. You can end up in the, the house over, in mm-hmm. a cave, whatever. But um, he put her in, then he goes in. So he's probably been down there for, let's say, a week or so exploring maybe that's when he learned it he hasn't interacted with anybody he since he didn't know about the he did know about the trees though he knew about the trees and they should have asked him and because that's information that that definitely could have i don't know how it would have helped but it could it doesn't hurt to know they needed they need to get a psychologist in that town to sit down and interview everybody and that was a, probably one of the other things i would say we kept we kept wanting to see happen in the show was like is there an, an uh, entrance interview where we can sit down and ask everybody like where were you going? What highway were you on? What time of day was it? What year was it? Yes. How old are you? And maybe they'll get to it um, in the second season. But we kept saying, like, who's documenting everything? Who's writing everything down? Because they're hopefully... I mean, they do have a map of where people were on their road trips or whatever. But it's like, oh, I want to know so bad. Yeah, because definitely that time frame. Because just because you got there after somebody, what if it turns out, hey... For me, it was 2020. Then you ask them, they're like, oh, no, it was 2017 when I got here, mm-hmm. but it's only been a two-month difference. It's mm-hmm. like, that can make a big difference. Like, hey, now we now we know it's... I mean, we know it's supernatural because we're fighting weird monsters at night, mm-hmm. but now as an extra layer of, like, well, how the, how the fuck... It's, it's adding more questions, but more questions can lead to an easier question that could probably be answered and answer a lot more. Yeah, so hopefully we get some more of that. Um those types of dialogues in season two, as well as that. I want to see more of that room at the diner where they have like folks stuff stored. Yes. Cause they, in that room in the diner, mm-hmm. it did have, I think a bracelet that in the Matthews family, mm-hmm. Tabitha had made for her husband, Jim, but it was like something he lost before they got there. Like it shouldn't be in there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we, that's definitely gonna, definitely gonna need to try to figure that out. Yes. 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 So I have two more characters. I want to, quickly discuss and then we can move on but i think they're important to the plot okay so we have our um steve jobs as i like to call him Mm -hmm. and i think his character is 
delightful. It was so interesting because I thought in the first episode that he was going to be the person that was killed in front of like the Matthews family so they could see that it wasn't, especially like when he fell when they were running for a colony house. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's going to be the person who's going to get killed and then they'll see like what the threat is. But he made it and he made it longer than his friend. I think his friend's name was Toby or Tobias. I did not expect about him to get killed and <laughs> the guy who was passed out in the back seat to be the person who's our season, our <laughs> series regular. Yeah, like he's the guy. Like this is who we need. <laughs> but his character, in addition to just being really, really entertaining and saying and doing the wildest things every he's like a scene stealer, but he's also very smart. Mm, super smart. He has a crazy tech company that he just sold. Mm-hmm. And he was gonna be a billionaire if he didn't. They were on the way to a party if mm-hmm. they didn't end up here. And he has a plan to get folks out of uh, out of the town. And so, um, the, Matt, the, Mr. Matthews, I can't remember his first name. Jim. Jim is a engineer who builds roller coasters. Mm-hmm. So Jim and Jade work together. Uh, latter half of the season to kind of build some like communications tower basically yeah like a, a radio tower for the mm-hmm. cb radio and boy oh boy they when they finally do it then we get more questions than answers yes i have something but i'll leave that okay. for, for afterwards about that so the outcome of that was mind-blowing but i just like the idea of like you said a person coming in and being like hey so why are we not trying to get out of here like y'all are y'all are too comfortable i'm trying to get back to my life mm-hmm. and so I also like that he he's having a nice bonding relationship with Kenny's mom. I'm sure something devastating is going to happen there. You know, oh, it's gonna, <laughs> something devastating is going to happen. But I like him. And then the last person I think we should talk about is Miss Sarah. There's one more person after that. Okay, we can talk about we can talk about Miss Sarah. So I I feel conflicted about Sarah in terms of I definitely thought that her character's arc. Uh, we find out that she's killing people based on some voices that she's hearing, uh, trying to get her and her brother home. Yes, and let's talk about the, real quick weird relationship with her brother. They and they set it up. It see they just seem real weird and odd. You think so? You didn't get creepy vibes when she's like my brother. He's like my sister. How, how are you? I got I got vibes that they were just maybe like kind of young when they came there. They're just very like dependent and protective of each other they were kind of like on the outskirts of town so she's one of the first people we see at the beginning of um episode one and um that she's dealing with some mental illness and he's trying to protect her that was kind of the more so the vibe that i got yeah her and nathan were weird okay (laughs) well unfortunately she does kill one of the newcomers in the first episode accidentally kills nathan tries to kill ethan um, locks Marta in a barn and so we see her go into uh, the custody of our priest friend and then she goes off on this adventure with Boyd at the end of the season to try to get through the woods and just kind of see if they can find a way out of there yes yes so yes. we'll see what happens with her character she definitely seems like she's I thought that they were she was gonna go right into the box as you should <laughs> but as we see, nothing is like like we think it will be on the show, and so she's off on a, this op, this um, adventure with Boyd, and we will see what where they go in season two. We will see what, where they go. Um, Sarah, def- I, I definitely had a roller coaster experience with her character. Yeah. At first, I'm like, oh, we got to get rid of her, kill her now. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, she's really hearing voices that are telling her things that are mm-hmm. real things so maybe this is mm-hmm. we need her now mm-hmm. she can be a key and now we gotta save sarah 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'll forget her for killing, getting Kenny's daddy killed, but she might Ooh, be an important yeah. character. Yeah, and that nurse killed. A lot of people oh, she yeah, had killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't really know her, but she was a nurse there. He got her killed, Kenny's daddy killed, mm-hmm. new guy killed. Uh, we, we probably a lot know. of people died. A lot of people died because of her. Mm-hmm. Killed her own brother. Mm-hmm. On accident, but she did kill him. Yeah, she did. Um, and for her character, she because once they caught her, she was caught by Father Cartery, and I I just want to at least end on his character, yeah, sure. Because I feel like he was a really important character. He was the number two guy in the town. He definitely was not the death I saw coming. That one was the most shocking for me. I had no because he was on a whole redemption arc. We learned everything about his backstory, mm-hmm. um, and we started getting glimpses of it because Sarah actually told him. Uh, even though she didn't see him come to town, like she described, like the bag he buried, mm-hmm. uh, which had a bloody priest, another bloody priest shirt, and a piece of chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, and some whiskey, and some and some whiskey, which we all find out because he beat to death a man that was um, abusing uh, abusing a, a, his son. He killed the son. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He killed the son, so he beat that man probably, most likely to death. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way he was describing it, like okay, that that, that man is not alive no more, or he is a cripple for the remainder of his life. Yeah. Um, but I definitely did not see that for the, his character because they they set it up kind of weird. Like, was he doing something to the kids? Well, he- I thought it was maybe that he wasn't really a man of the cloth, and then maybe yes. he just he like stole. He just adopted a new identity when he came to the town, and mm-hmm. like he gave up like a a previously bad life, and he change his life around and especially when he kidnapped sarah i was like okay maybe he does have like a darker side or something like that which was still it was still interesting like that he got in his car and started driving and then he found the town like i do still think that's really interesting but i definitely i was like okay we got two episodes where he was heavily focused and he was like talking about this plan with boyd and they were going to go into the woods together and then you know the stuff goes down at colony house He's trying to help people. You hear somebody say his name. He turns around, dead. Yeah, slashed against like, the throat. And it wasn't even, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't even that dark. No, no, it was dark. It was dark been, to them. It's just yeah, light to us because we got to be able to see what's happening. That's true. It was nighttime. And they did take a risk by going outside. But I just speak to the type of men they were in terms of just trying to go out there and, and help get the people from Colony House to safety. And he lost his life in that process. So, yeah, that he was an interesting character who we were just really getting to know and get warmed up with, and then he was gone. Gone, and as soon as that happens, we see him in the flashback where we learn how when first Boyd first got there, and then we see his character. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, well, we know he ain't going to make it now. No. Yeah. I feel so bad. <laughs> I mean, I will definitely say the episode at Colony House where things went down was definitely one of my favorite episodes of the season because and I think this is kind of a good segue to talk into just like the overall mystery and the monsters in the town. We see that not only are they just, they're dangerous in terms of if you find yourself out after sun down. So it seems like dusk, you're okay. So we see Sheriff Boy, like he walks through town and he rings the bell around a little bit before sunset. Probably seems to get people like, hey, you got about a half an hour to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, but you start to kind of, before the talismans, you would start to kind of hear them as the sun was going down. At this point now, once the sun has pretty much set, you start to see them kind of emerge from the woods and they are dressed like I know one we saw is like a, was like a milkman 
We saw the one lady in the first episode who looked like an older lady from maybe like the Victorian era. Mm -hmm. We see some people who look like kind of like 1950s students, different age ranges. And they are, they look like regular people, maybe a little bit more pale. Um, But they, we know they can talk. We know they know things about the townspeople. Mm -hmm. And so we see um, in the one episode where it goes down to the colony house that there's a person who has been having a conversation with one of the monsters through the window. For for who knows how long. And she's convinced him that she's not like the other monsters and that she really likes him and gets him to open the window. And then we see this horrible attack happen where we lose so many people in Colony House, but we also get to see how the monsters, you know, they never run. They smile. They're just so creepy, I think, because they look like regular people, but... They're not people. Well, we don't know what they are. We don't know what they are. We just know they are. They are willing to. They will slaughter everybody there, and they're super strong. Eat you to the bone. Eat you to the. I don't even know. I can't even tell if they're eating people or just pulling out their guts. I'm like, I'm assuming they there. Maybe I think they're eating people because all you see is like they eat your, you know, your torso out. All you see is like the spine. They leave your face intact. But they feast on like your the middle part of your body. But like they said, it's like they toy with them sometimes. It's like they, they do don't torture they, too. Yeah, they don't need to eat them. Like it's like I don't know if they eat just because they taste good. We're gonna eat today. But if they don't, eat, if they don't, like they said, they have at one point they didn't have incidents for what ninety days. So it's like were were they not eating in that whole time period? Well, they had the talismans. Yeah, they had the talismans, and the monsters weren't eating. Well, no, I think it, I think what they're saying is. They were still out, but nobody got killed because of they opened the window or they forgot to close something or they were out a little bit too late. I got, I didn't get the idea that they weren't trying to eat people. They just weren't successful for 96 days. But here's the thing. I don't even think that they, like they need to eat people. It's like they do it for fun. Like they're enjoying it. It's for the the thrill of the hunt. I think, I think it's both. I think they Mm. enjoy hunting people. I think they enjoy getting in people's heads, playing the mind games. They feed on people. They they consume them, or, or they at least they eviscerate them because you don't really see any guts around. You see the blood, but you don't see like it's not they pull your intestines out. But I do know you mean like the story about Donna's sister when they like ripped her face off. Mm-hmm. But then I I do think that they tort they torture you, but then they do something with you. They eat you, or they do something with your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's not pleasant. Um, and we know that prior to the talismans and folks, so like. When the people in the town moved into the houses and got more domesticated, then the monsters got more domesticated and they became more verbal and they played more mind games. Um, they know your name. They know things about you. You know, that type yeah. of situation. So I think that's a really interesting mystery. It's just like, well, are they always listening? <laughs> are they? Do they sleep it during the day and they come out at night? We do know, it seems like the one hard and fast rule is if you're in any type of shelter and there's a talisman like they can hit on the walls and things like that but they can't come in and then they don't come out at during the day yeah they do not come out during the day you don't have to worry about them hiding amongst you right um and it and it's weird it's to go back to how they changed because mm-hmm. like they're they're dressed and like they're like they're all from different time periods like i'm on imdb they describe one person as a Silver War War Soldier, so I'm assuming he was a yeah. Monster. We did see a Civil War Soldier, yeah. Yeah, um, 
just the change because that first night when the when the Boyd family got there, mm-hmm. they just sound so animalistic and like they're hunting and killing everybody. Mm-hmm. And even when he was in the cave, like you, you don't see them, but you hear the noises of them, mm-hmm. and it just sounds like growling and screeching. And to all of a sudden just shift to hey, we're people from different time periods walking up to your door like hey can you let us in but it may have always looked like that but maybe they maybe they did more growling and things like that when they didn't have to sneak up on people uh-huh. or make you feel like you were safer to come outside you yeah. know maybe they always look like humans which i hope we we see more of in, in flashbacks in season two but we do know like at least we have those rules that we feel pretty safe as long as your talisman is up in your door and your windows and everything are like i think for the most part, I don't think they necessarily have to be nailed down. I think they're most people nail them down when they have kids and things. But it's like you want to have windows closed. People cover their um, cover their windows and their doors and stuff. So they, I guess, probably just don't have to look at them mm-hmm. and listen to them and things. And folks seem to be they they seem to feel pretty safe with the talismans. There does seem to be some worry about like are the talismans not effective? But I think it's just because most times people don't know that Sarah was killing people mm. and opening the doors and taking the talismans down. So we do also see kind of just like this tension in the show about are the talismans wearing off? Are the creatures getting smarter? Are we really as safe as we think we are? Yeah, and, and you know and that brings back another question for me for Victor because he's always carrying around that lunchbox, and this is just a theory. Like, one of he has a talisman in there the whole time. That'd be interesting, yeah. Maybe that's why he never dies. And maybe the people that were, you're, you went you in Victor's hole before they, everybody else discovered the talisman. It's like, everybody made it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> to survive that long. That's an interesting theory, for sure. Definitely an interesting idea. Um, so, the things that we know about the mystery. We know how the monsters work. We know that if you're, if you go on the road, you basically always find yourself back in town mm-hmm. no matter what we know that in the woods there are things that happen that kind of keep you from going farther out into the woods so at one point we see wild dogs we see um, um boyd and sarah kind of like their tent gets dragged and some like things are trying to get into the tent at night and mm. shaking the tent um it seems like there's a lot that happens that tries to discourage the residents from going too far into town. Yeah. I mean, that town, into the woods. Into the woods. And that was crazy because it, it got dragged to a whole new location near a tower. A lighthouse. 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 Yeah. Uh, it's like, what would bring them closer to the lighthouse, which I'm assuming somebody's watching? And then we see when the um, comm tower does get set up at Colony House and it is successful. We hear someone on uh, through the phone. And at first, we think it sounds like an emergency rescue, but then we hear that it's definitely someone who's in on the situation. Knows Jim's name, tells him your wife needs to stop digging a hole yeah. in the basement. Mm-hmm. That's that's wild. And then we have the storm, the magical storm comes. Yeah, it's like a lot of things that are happening in the environment to dissuade you from making progress. Yes, like haven't had any inclement weather the whole time. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever talked about it. That's something I noticed. I'm like, the weather never changes. Well, it mm-hmm. never it never rains, or I'm not sure if it gets cold through the seasons, but it doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think it goes back to the point that you were making around what was tried in the past because maybe they know that the the more you try to leave the more the environment responds to you and becomes more hostile to keep you there Mm -hmm. we don't know you know we will see so now we know that 
you know, even in terms of we don't know where the electricity is coming from. We get this voice on the comm tower that pretty much dashes the plan of letting people know where they are. We have, um, you know, our monsters that seem to be pretty hard to kill. We know you can't, even if you shoot them, you can't kill them. So we haven't seen anybody kill one this first season. No, we have no idea if you can even kill one yet. Exactly, exactly. So, and then we have these. I think no, they did shoot at it. But it didn't die. Yeah, it didn't die. It didn't die. So then we have these different voices. So we have the voice that Sarah's listening to that is telling her to kill. And then at one point at the end of the season, we hear her say, oh, it's a different voice that's telling me to go back. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what the voices are happening. And then we see there's a, like a little ghost boy that is interacting with Ethan and also interacted with um, his Victor. name is Victor when he was a child. So we don't know if he's friend or foe. And Victor hasn't seen the little ghost boy since he was a child. So right. it's like, it's crazy for his reemergence now. Yes. And then, so we don't know in terms of the broader mystery, we don't know why people are coming there, how they're chosen. If it, it doesn't seem to be a pattern, it, it seems to be people of all ages, different cars, mm, different times of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably another thing though, that they, they should ask, like what season did you come here in? Because mm-hmm. if you, if it's snowing where you're at and you get there and it's sunny with all the trees green, like, how the fuck do we get here? Like, what's happening? Yeah. So, we definitely like a lot of moving pieces. I'm curious to know, do you have any predictions as to either what the bigger mystery is or what will happen in season two? The only thing I can say definitely for season two is the the bus that shows up at the end. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure the EMT, her fiance, is going to be on that bus because it's, it's from the same city yeah. that she was from. And the, the the talk of the fiance has come up multiple times. Mm-hmm. Just kept bringing her up, bringing her up. And we don't see anybody get off the bus. So, I mean, it's, it, it's that's going to add a whole new group of people to come on. Mm-hmm. If there's 30 people that get off, maybe only 10 make it out. But that will drastically change the dynamic of the town. Not, let me ask you, do you remember when the bus pulled up? Was it was like it around sundown? Yes, yeah, so I think it was okay. around sundown. So I that's why so it's a, that's why it's like... They're all not going to make it, but that first episode yeah. is going to be crazy. Ooh, I agree, because usually when they introduce a whole bunch of characters at one time, it, what tends to happen is they, especially on a school bus, and I know I, I hate to be this person and keep bringing it up, but I remember on Walking Dead, when they got a whole bunch of people from the governor's town, mm-hmm. and they had a little school bus system and stuff, they had to kill all those people off, because you just can't have a cast that big. Yeah. So usually, like, when you introduce, like, 30 people, you might keep seven or something yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> and on a show like this, if you're going to kill multiple people every season, you got to bring new folk in. So I just think it was when I saw that bus, because you know they were they were like we never get two cars on the same day. It was like a thing that happened all season, and people kept saying that in and of itself was weird. And then you see this coach bus roll up at the <laughs> at the last shot of the season. I was like, oh my goodness, they gotta get all these people somewhere. You gotta get them all off safely, convince them that there are monsters that come out at night and that you don't wanna open the door. That's a lot of things you gotta try to do. And now you're two of your best leaders in Boyd's out in the woods somewhere. Uh, Father Cockery is dead. And an old lady of. Donna. Donna's no good because she's mourning. Yeah. And they're not, not by a colony house. They're by the diner. So. Yeah, they're by the diner. Yeah. So now we got to... <laughs> you know it's going to be a bloodbath that first episode. I'm so glad we got greenlit. Um, any other season two predictions or predictions about the mystery? 
uh, about the mystery. Um, just some things I can't wait to figure out what the voice is coming from and uh, how that and Sarah's like premonitions, how mm-hmm. that's going to work. Uh, you have anything that you can't wait to at least figure out? Maybe we'll figure out in season two. Hmm. I want to see more conversations around trying to figure out if there's a pattern or a, like if they can figure out a rhyme or reason why people are there, like why people end up there. I think mm. that would be really interesting to see. Definitely curious about the lighthouse who drugged them there. Mm-hmm. You know, they found all the, um, the bottles with pieces with scraps of paper with different dates on in the tree. I mean, in the, that one tree is they were out in the woods. So, Definitely curious to continue to explore the woods. Um, definitely curious to see what will happen with Marta and our boy in the, you know, down under the house as they they run for their lives there. Yes, I still can't even begin to guess what is happening with that town. I'm I'm feeling a little bit of loss in terms of like. Are they, you know, well, I'm going to spoil loss for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I'm feeling a little bit of lost vibes. I'm also feeling like a little bit of like under the dome, the Stephen King vibes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, is this some type of experiment? Is it like an alien thing? And people are put in this situation and kind of haunted. Is it just like a, is it purgatory? Like are people dying and coming here? I, I and I feel like they probably won't go those routes because that's kind of like played out and tired. But I would I cannot wait to see what they figure out. Yeah, because like as soon as we start to understand what's happening, everybody they just threw like eight different nuts in a bucket and shook it all up with sand, and now you got to try to figure out what's what. Yeah, I I mean I'm gonna be I'm gonna say now we'll see what I think when we do our season two review. But I feel like Royd had Parkinson's. His wife had PTSD. You know, Jim and Marta were getting divorced and they were driving that uh, RV. Um, Jade and his friend Tobias, they were they were high. They were driving that, that uh, race car. Kenny's dad had Alzheimer's. He was sick. I'm like, it's, it's people there who are sick or maybe on borrowed time. Mm-hmm you know, kind of like at a crossroads in their life or they were like doing something risky or dangerous. I'm just like really curious to know if like Fatima or Fatima, she seemed like maybe she was depressed before she came to that town. Yeah. So I'm like, mm. you know, Donna and her sister, they were hunting. So it was like, was it a hunting accident that happened and something happened to the both of them. So I might be leaning a little bit more towards these are people who died. Or were like at the moment of death came there. That's what I'm leaning toward. I can I can see it, but then why? Then what? What's the other voice on the radio? Like what's contacting them? Like then what are the monsters keeping them there? Are they demons? Are they angels? I don't know. That's yeah. that's just my my uh, half baked mm-hmm. thoughts. Oh, that's a good. It's a good thought. It's a good thought. Thank you. I enjoy it. And we um, have really enjoyed this show. I, I, I do. I do. I really enjoy it. And I, I think probably the last thing, one of the last things I'll say is uh, mm-hmm. Victor did say the last time two cars came, something 
was a crazy day and they had the two cars come mm-hmm. and they were almost able to make contact with somebody on the outside. Well, they did. It turns out to be somebody, the person keeping them there. Mm-hmm. But that that's a step in the right way. What happens when we have a big ass bus coming? Mm. Mm-hmm. We gonna see. But we, and you know what? We enjoyed the show though. We really did enjoy the show. I mean, I, at this point, watching TV, I enjoy anything that I can't guess what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. I feel like so much of TV is just, it follows certain tropes. And like when you like a genre, you know those tropes so well. And so I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody else out there has figured out the whole mystery by now. But I definitely feel it's really exciting to watch a show where you tune in every week and you're surprised by something that happens. Yes, you you want to you want to know what's happening. Like I don't know what's happening, but I can't wait to figure out um, how this is going to conclude, how this is going to mm-hmm. end, and it's gonna it's gonna be fun once we do figure it out. Like I'm 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 gonna stick with it. I'm here. Yeah, I mean I'm I feel like I'm rooting for all the characters. I want to see them, you know, work together. I want to see them keep going and yeah i'm so happy to hear that the show is renewing we'll get to see a little bit more <laughs> uh-huh i can't wait oh uh, any, any any last thoughts or anything no i mean we would love to hear from from you the audience what your thoughts are what do y'all think the mystery is what, Let do, us what know. do you think it is who you know what i do have one more question mm-hmm. and this is for you and for our audience who's dying next season oh my gosh of the characters we know now characters we know now i can see i can see jim mm. dying uh either jim or jade because they've completed the towers for the communication and i don't think we would need both of them i feel like a sacrifice is coming for for some for one of them somebody in the matthews family i could see going i mean I think Jim and Marta are probably the least interesting characters to me because I think they're just primarily, we see them kind of dealing with the grief of losing a child, mm. um, supporting their kids. Marta's, Marta's digging and then Jim is doing the, the tower. But I definitely can see maybe Jim as well. I think they, they have maybe like the least to do in the story. Yeah. Or you know, another big one, Ethan, still in the same family, little Aww. little kid. Because you know, Did he make him Ethan? just for the fact that he, since he is a little kid, in the show, it's not gonna be, it's not like it's gonna be like a year jump. He's gonna be older. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and just to get rid of, like, not just to get rid of him because he's getting older. But that's what happened on Lost, also. That's what they do with kids on TV shows. Yeah, they age up and then they gotta go. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Hey, only a week's gone by, but this kid is clearly yeah. ten years old. So mm-hmm. I can just see him dying in the first couple episodes of next season. Yeah, I, I think we gotta have something happen to the main family just to keep us invested in them. Um, even though they have already had a loss of a child, I'm gonna go with maybe Sarah making a heroic sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And redeeming her character. I could see that. Yes, because she's killed a lot of people for us to just say, hey, it's all good, Sarah. Yeah, she, <laughs> she killed some innocent folks. So that's my prediction. And I I don't want, I'm scared to, pre- to predict anybody else. <laughs> I don't see anybody going to box either. Yeah, yeah they, got, they got rid of the boxes that, that, that form of punishment. Well, I mean, I, I'm happy the box is gone. That, mm-hmm. that, that is the worst punishment. The turn. Yeah, that, that's, that was horrible. Well, thank y'all so much for listening to us for this hour. Mm. And we hope that if you haven't watched from, and for some reason you just spoiled yourself on the whole season, 
you still go back and watch it. We didn't even get halfway through all the things that happened on the show. It was so much that we <laughs> didn't hit or we glazed over. So I would encourage you to go back and watch it. Yeah, when you're done watching it, uh, come back and listen. Oh, you already listened to the whole thing now. So listen again. You'll probably mm-hmm. like appreciate it more. Get more context. Yeah, listen twice. Uh, go to the bottom in the description. Follow us at all those cool places. And yeah. hey. Well, also follow the From um, Twitter page because, you know, the more people who engage with them on social media, then hopefully we can continue to get, you know, a season three. And, <laughs> you know, show, show epics that people watch the show and support the show. And we always hate when... You know, stuff on Netflix or different channels get the axe after one season, one really good season. So we definitely want to support good shows that are coming out. Yes, this was great television and we can't wait to see season two. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess this is the end. Yeah. It's always weird to end it. But and if you see a tree, you just keep going. Don't stop. Just keep going. Because <laughs> nobody ever drove past the tree. I'm going. If I see a tree in the road, I'm going around it. If, if yeah. I'm by myself, I need to at least see another car to know. <laughs> Man, don't turn off on no side roads and keep those windows closed at night. <laughs> this show done caused so many accidents because people say, I'm not going to that town. Mm-hmm. It's dust too long. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> just stay on, stay on the highways, not the byways. <laughs> but hey, thank y'all again for listening and the whole way through. And we will catch you next time.